Hey everyone, how's it going? My name is Blair Sinta. Welcome to Recording Drums with Blair Sinta. Today my guest is the fantastic Aaron Steele. Awesome human being. Um, Aaron and I, we kind of started off on a personal note. We were just kind of talking tonight. I just hit record and, you know, we, so we got a little bit of that conversation. And, um, you know, this this conversation was really fun because it, it eventually, it we didn't start re- talking recording right away, but we eventually get there. And I think there's a lot of great stuff in here. And Aaron's such a um, s- original, unique player, um, not only as a pop drummer, but as a jazz drummer. He's played with Haley Williams, Jose James, Portugal the Man. Um, he does tons of cool gigs. He's lived in New York, L.A., and Nashville. He's got a lot of great things to say. He was actually at Electro... Electric Lady uh, in New York City, uh, co-producing a record. He's doing a lot more co-producing these days. Um, and he's got a lot of interesting perspectives on uh, not just recording at home, but recording anywhere. And, it, you know, his the way he records and he really brings his, his style, not only drumming-wise, but sonically to his session and the things that he works on. And you'll hear it in his... Um, conviction and of of you know what he has to say all right so uh please go to my website if you're interested in courses introduction to recording and improve your groove uh they're available there i'm working on a new course now that'll be available in a few months excited about that uh i also have a uh a guide to uh my my recording gear at home and that's a free free sign up for my website you can get down a, a free PDF download. Uh, link is below. Or if you're on Instagram, it's right above in the bio. Uh, if you'd like the podcast, please share it with your friends. Uh, share it on Instagram. Just post about it, whatever. If you're on YouTube, leave comments. Share it with friends, drummers, engineers, producers, whoever you think might enjoy this. And uh, let's listen to my chat with the awesome Aaron Steele. Yeah, I remember when I remember talking to you over here like one day, and you we kind of like chatted a lot all about like shit that you've gone through and like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of amazing perspective. I mean, it's not it's not good, but it also gives you perspective on life when you have to go through shit when you're young. Yeah, I think I think so. I mean, you know, at least for me, um, there's so much. A lot of people closed up when stuff happens to them like trauma or whatever. Yeah. But, um, I think that I did for a long time and and at a certain point I was like scared all the time and I figured out, I was like, yo, why, (laughs) why do that? You know, like I was like, why am I scared to like be myself or why am I scared to, uh, ask to play this gig or ask to play with this person or, or, uh, you know, or go somewhere. It's like any of that stuff. Like, why am I scared of that? Like, we should just, if you want to do something and it's not hurting anybody else, then do it. What's the point? You know, what else is there? Right. You know, just for the experience, if not, you know, if not anything else. And if you can like, I think we all have that. I mean, it's funny. It's interesting to hear you say that because for me, I'm, I'm definitely kind of guarded, you know, what mm-hmm. I mean? but at the same time, you know, I moved out to LA and I knew like three people and you know, yeah, yeah. off to college, I knew like nobody, you know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. 
it's 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 just, and and you take gigs all the time. You're like, I don't know a single person on this gig, but exactly, I'm, yeah, I'm with them. And then by the end of the night, you know some new people, and yeah, times out of ten, it's you're like connecting with like a whole bunch of new people. So and it's, sometimes it's like lifelong. You end up having a lifelong friend from like that weird situation that maybe it was the worst gig you've ever played, uh-huh. but then like that person got you onto like the craziest gig ever, or yeah, or like that person like introduced you to like somebody that like will have changed your life or whatever, you know? Um, I found yeah. out a couple times too. There were many, like it just happened to be a handful of times, especially when I was younger, where it's like, there were nights I was like, oh, I don't want to go out, man. I don't feel like leaving. That. <laughs> yeah. But I did. Yeah. And all of a sudden it was like, just exactly what you said. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my God, I met somebody and I ended up being in a band with them for three years or, yeah. like, you know, who knows? Like yeah. it's a connection that leads you to somewhere else. And yeah, I mean, you know, Life, life is, um, I like to say life is complete chaos, you know, it's like, it really is. And like our feeble human minds, uh, are here specifically to, um, like our feeble human minds can't comprehend the chaos. So it just tries to find paths through it. You know, it's like, oh yeah, this is a through line. So it just connects all these dots just because it needs to see things in a consistent fashion, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, it's going to make it's going to make that connection around every roadblock. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully, and, hopefully yeah. right. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. You have you some resilience to, to do that. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, uh, this is this is a weird point. Sorry, I'm like in the machine room at a studio. <laughs> We're gonna talk about that in a minute. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but uh, yeah, like um, there's definitely um, there's definitely like some. I- I've been sort of having this conversation with people in Nashville a lot, where um, it's weird to them that they like improvise music or whatever, and I was like, man, like. We improvise it every day. Every single person improvises every day. Mm-hmm. Like every decision you make is an improvised decision based on like your history and your background. Like then what, what coffee shop you go to and shit like that, you know? Right. Uh, so it's kind of, you know, you know, like I get like really frustrated sometimes when people are just like not willing to take chances because like I'm like you take a chance walking out your door every day, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, literally. Yeah. One thousand percent. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that's why I'm like, it blows my mind when when people, especially in music, are like, uh, I don't know, that's a little too whatever. And I'm just like, well, let's see if it's good or not. You like, let's let's see, try, <laughs> you know. All right. So let's let's get to let's transition it. Not, you know, let's let's lead that to like the recording. So you moved to Nashville what, two years ago now. Uh, three, three and a half years ago. Really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know. Like COVID. COVID, <laughs> COVID is a lost year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's nuts, man. Anyway, but yeah, three and a half years ago. Yeah. All right. So how are you finding like specifically the recording scene in Nashville? I would imagine because you, you know, you're you and you have, I mean, you're pretty defined and stylistically that you're kind of getting yeah. able to get to do what you do, but are you yeah. finding... Um, I think it's, it's different from working in LA. Oh, substantially um, different. Um, okay, so this is what's happened in my life. Uh, right before COVID, 
I started working with a producer. Uh, his name is Tyler Johnson. Uh, he did like uh, Harry Styles and he, he did like Watermelon Sugar and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But he lives in that. He, well, he was living in Nashville. Like he's in between Nashville and LA. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were just working together on stuff. And he kind of was like, yo, like you should start producing stuff. So he started bringing me in on sessions. So since being in Nashville, I've actually been more on the producer role than just as a session drummer which has been great, but, um, but I have done sessions like for a couple pop country things and, and like just some demos here and there. And like, a you know, um, overall the session scene is very different. People talk about everything before they do it, mm -hmm. which is a kind of a, it, it blows my mind actually, mm -hmm. um, because they never like try things. Well, not, it's not, it is a, oversimplification is sure, like, I, I get it yep yeah uh, but um but everybody talks about what something needs to be before they even try doing it and and I'm like sometimes you don't know what something needs to be in in uh until it makes itself evident like you you have to do it mm -hmm. first and then we're like oh well that's kind of this vibe and then it then it solidifies but I was uh, I was doing a session kind of recently, and uh, there were these two. I I, I won't. Yeah, uh, careful. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there there are these two uh, musicians that they both play the same chordal instrument, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it they were we were doing like an improvised piece for a record. It was just. Okay. And they just need to come up with like a couple chords and leave the rest to me, actually. Mm -hmm. And uh, as a drummer, as a drummer, yeah. And me, and there was also uh, another musician who was playing another chordal instrument, and we were like, and yeah, I know, I know, I'm not being so big, uh, but but then uh, you know he starts off a vibe, and the other two people cannot like just improvise around the vibe in order to just get something they need it. Then they need to stop the thing a million times in order to just figure out what exact chords each other were playing. They couldn't just use their ears. Right. Right. Uh, and to me, that's like, that's like the seventh circle of hell. Like, yeah. I was like, Hey, we're just trying to get something down and, and feel something. Right. As opposed to like, if you, if you can't just like, if you can't just like use your, uh, what is it? Intuition. You, yeah, exactly. And, and your music, like you, you're a, you're a, everyone that has made it to where we are in life, mm -hmm. uh, is capable of so much musically because you like, cause we, you wouldn't be able to have a career if, if you weren't right. So you just, these people just didn't trust themselves enough to just go with the flow. And it was, it was, it, it, it drove me crazy. Actually. Uh, I actually got up off the drums for a while, like maybe like 20 minutes while they just like worked the thing out. And then when I thought they were done, they were just like, Oh, where's the drummer? I was like, Oh, I'm right here. I'm just sitting on the couch. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. So um, and, and I ended up working out, but yeah. So, uh, of course, this this couldn't be just a, a 
a Nashville LA thing because that's like that's not a oh, no 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 that's no, not no. what it's about right but it's like no, no. But, that's but, how, but that's how I felt when I first went to LA and it changed pretty drastically really you yeah. felt like that I very much felt like that interesting uh, but but not not in the in, not in that same way like people improvised in LA and like people like were they didn't talk about stuff it was like different issues like like I okay I mean okay so background on me I'm from New York. <laughs> and I'm from I'm from Enough New York. City. I'm from New York City. I came I came up playing all sorts of kinds of music, and I don't believe in rules in music. So I feel like if something works, then it works. Mm-hmm. That so you 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 know there's no um there like so but I when I I re, when I moved to LA, I found myself in a, in a lot of situations where people were just trying to do, especially in sessions, they were just trying to do whatever was the thing that was like popular at the moment that changed over time. As far as like references, as as far as references, like, yeah, like I I remember like maybe the first session I did in LA, like uh, it was, I don't know, uh, 2011, 2010 or something like that. And uh, it was like, there was a band of horses song that was out mm-hmm. and I went into the session and somebody was like, I want to do like a band of horses kind of vibe. And I was like, okay, cool. So I played a thing that's kind of like band of horses, but they were like, actually, can you just play the exact thing? Right. And I'm like, well, then just get that dude. I mean, he's great. Right. You know, but also like, like the song ended up just being the same song in a different key. Yeah. You know, which that I I feel like that happens, uh, you know, depending on the person. But that was like my experience for a while when I first started working in L.A. And then I and I think that my my, uh, situation musically is very different from a lot of people because I'm not out there just trying to get every gig. You know, I'm like I am. I try to be um, what's the word? Um, I try to be fulfilled in every situation that I'm in. Mm-hmm. So it's not even, even if I can't afford to, uh, mm-hmm. um, financially. Okay. Um, because, you know, I grew up in basically in abject poverty. So like, no, I'm never going to get to that point where I was at when I was, you know, a kid ever again. Right. So you're, you're, you have a comfort level now that you know that you're going to. Yeah, yeah. And, and also, also like, my comfort level is like way my like my threshold is way lower than most people's because mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know like let's say I'll have like I'll, I can have a hundred dollars in my bank account and be like oh shit and I'll be like all right well I'll get some work whatever it's fine you know like I mean I like yeah it's not to say that that's happening but that's right. like that's just that's like I'm I'm okay with that yeah. if if I can make something that I believe in right you know. Um, but also I don't have children also, you know, like the, you know, um, I don't don't think anybody needs to clarify, qualify that, you know what I mean? I think that's a choice as an artist that you're making. That's, that's great. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I I guess so. I mean, you know, like it, I, I think it's, uh, I don't think it's like a yes or no or great or bad thing. I think it's just a very neutral thing. It's just how I am. It's like my brand doesn't work any other way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, like, because, like, I have a bunch of friends that I really love and 
and believe in that will take any gig all the time, you know? And I think that that, I think that's a quality that I wish I had at a certain point, you know, like I was like, Oh my God. Like there were points where I was like, I, I was so broke like early in my career. I was like, Oh my God, I, can't, I Oh my God, I can't eat blah, blah, whatever. Right. I just wish I could play any gig without making a face. Right. You know? Right. I was, I was playing with an artist, playing with a big pop artist like years and years ago. Uh, won't say who it was. And we were on like Good Morning America or something like that. And my friend was uh, filming me playing like on TV and zooming in on my face with like an early iPhone. And I just looked like I was trying to die. Like I was like, oh my God, why am I here? And I, and I, I was like, I immediately quit that band and moved I, like I had moved to LA briefly and I moved back to New York oh, and wow. I just, and I just started playing with like my friends bands, right. like just bands in town and all those bands ended up doing really well and becoming right. popular. And I, I think it's that it's because I believed in them. Sure. It's not, it's not only that I believed in them, but I feel like you should do things that at least my theory of the case is do things that you believe in. And if you put that energy into it, it will come back in a in 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 droves for sure. you know sure. um and and you and but you can't do it you can't do that in a way like well if i'm doing this thing i'm going to get this you have to do it because you believe in it and, right. and that's that's it you know it's it's a different mental mental side of things of like um it's almost like forcing it as opposed to just believing in it yeah and exactly things, and you put the work in because you believe in it yeah, not not and and you put the work in not because um not because you believe you're going to keep that gig later or you know because the moment, you know, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> just the it's just in the moment. Yeah, I'd be like I believe in this thing, I'm going to do it until I can't and then you know what, you know, uh that's it. And because I did that with so many artists, I ended up getting hired in LA for things like when I still lived in New York for things that I really liked in LA because people were associating me with things that I believed in. So mm -hmm. I ended up getting more and more things that I, I was like, oh, that's great. Even right. in Nashville, like when I moved to Nashville, I ended up playing on Haley Williams' record. Right. Like I didn't really know them from a hole in the wall. Like I, I, knew, their, I, knew, I knew her music. Mm -hmm. uh, I knew Paramore. Um, I, I it, maybe, yet, this, yet the solo record is very different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and on that record, they like, Taylor, who produced it, uh, called me kind of from out of the blue. And they wanted somebody who didn't sound like they were from Nashville. That, and that, like, they were just like, hey, sure. and I had just moved there. Right. So, like, I don't understand. I didn't understand how they ended. I was like, I, I was on, I was in, I was in uh, Slovenia when they called me because I was on tour with Jose James. Yeah. And it was like, it was like, oh, okay, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm gonna be back like literally two days before you start recording. So yeah, sure, let's do it. Cool, you know. And they were just like, yeah, we just want you to do your thing. And I was like, oh, great. And so I was, was like, that, was that at home or was that in a in a? It, it was in a studio. It was like it was at. Um, we recorded most of it at what do we call it? Um, 
It's it was called House of Blues in Nashville. Okay, uh, but it's a it's in the black it's in the Blackbird ecosystem. Okay, okay. it's like uh, directly across the street from Blackbird. It's funny because I think I texted you right after I listened to that record, and I didn't know it was you at first. Yeah, and I was like, "Whoa, this is like cool." Like everything about it was cool. Like you know, on the drum side, it was like yeah, yeah, sounds yeah. were cool. The parts were really interesting. It was oh, still pop oriented. Yeah. You know, and I looked it up and I saw it was you and I was like, oh, man. And I, I think I texted you and I was like, dude, this is great. And I was like, whoa. But my first thought was like, wow, did you do this at home? Because it to me, it's yeah, yeah. so creative that I was like, only you could have done this if you were just by yourself and they just let you go. You know what I mean? Well, well OK, so there, there there are a few elements that have to be I has I have to just say because this is. Uh, the, the Haley Taylor mm-hmm. and, and Carlos De La Garza, who is the engineer and mixer on all that okay. stuff that, and, and, a, and then Joey, who is the bass player and, uh-huh. oh my God, like, <laughs> and he wrote a bunch of those songs with Haley. So what you got, um, and he's, he, he's the touring bass player for Paramore. Okay. Um. But that mixture of people um, in the studio together, um, and it's, like we all like all of us love crazy weird sounds. Yeah, that's just like what it is. Yeah. And then Carlos, whenever I would say something to him, because I would just try and do stuff, and he'd be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I got you," you know, like, and he would, and I would like, I brought in a bunch of my crazy mics and all this stuff, and they yep. were just my weird drum machines and. Right. Whatever. Okay. So you did some of the programming. Yeah. Some. Some. Yeah. Okay. Because um, that's part of the 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 beauty of that record is how the the drums sounds the parts and the programming just work so incredibly together and they they play off each other. Yeah. We 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 uh, we really we really went down the rabbit hole with a lot of that stuff. And thank I'm ta- thank you Taylor for um, like trusting me to mm-hmm. just do that stuff. I would be like, yeah, man. Like I'm I'm. Yeah, I was like, yo, I'm a, I play drums, but like, I don't like to just, I'm not, I'm not a person who's like, oh yeah, like, uh, like I'll just play, I can play what people ask me. I'll do that all the time, but I want to be collaborative because I mean, I think, and I think that's why like my life has been leading me down the production route route because even though like I was fighting it so hard, but that's like where, um, where I'm ending up now, you know, right. It's where you're um, sitting. <laughs> yeah. It's where I'm sitting. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Weird. I, I'm currently at electric lady. <laughs> oh, are you really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, are you downstairs? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm at B. Yeah. Cool. Um, it's funny because I know at the top when there's sunlight up there and you don't look yeah. like any sunlight right now. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely in the darkest corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, did your did your home recording um were you able to ha- help shape like the Haley record as far as engineering was that collaborative at all uh as far as engineering with Carlos it was definitely collaborative uh, yeah. as far as like what uh we were going for and like what sounds we were trying to achieve yeah like um I also was like yeah like maybe we should go like for this we should, maybe we should use the Electrodyne EQs or yep whatever. Yep. Um, those are my favorite on snare drum, by the way. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, oh, but I didn't do any of that at home. So, okay. Um, but I do work on quite a bit of records from home. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I guess yeah. you know a lot of the thing that I like love to try to learn from people through this process is is how you're able to like your own you know kind of practice or work at home. Yeah. In a in an engineering recording sense. Yeah. You're able to take that into actual recording studios whether it's mic placement, mic choice, yes, tuning, EQ, yeah. you know, like, hey, can we put some distortion on this sound or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I mean, I very, very much in, in my life, as far as going and doing sessions with other places, I actually much rather do sessions at my house, to tell you mm -hmm. the truth, mm -hmm. because I, I know how to get sounds that I enjoy, mm -hmm. you know, and sounds that I believe, you know, but... Um, but when I do sessions at other places, like I definitely bring my bag of tricks. Yeah. Oh, hey. Uh, <laughs> um, what you got? Uh, I definitely bring my bag of tricks of like, you know, mics and, um, or even just like, hey, like, can we just, yeah, everybody does this now, but can we just get like a dick mic happening? And like, you know, and just like right. run it through what you got? Uh, or, you know, Compress uh, it or distort it. Yeah, or, compress or, it or distort yeah. it or whatever. Yeah. I mean, often I bring, uh, I didn't bring it on this trip, but uh, I often bring, um, Dr. Alien Smith is like a mic builder, but I bring the I dirt gotta mic. I got to get one of those, man. <laughs> yeah, I bring the yeah. dirt mic yeah. kind of like everywhere. Yeah. Actually, you don't even need to bring the mic anymore because he makes a little, just distor uh, like phantom powered distortion box that you can plug in right. uh, any microphone into, which yep. uh, I'm very into. Yeah. Um, yeah. But... Um, I, I was bringing that, I, I bring that kind of most sessions and it kind of does the thing already. But then when you run that through EQ and, yeah. and stuff like it, it really kind of makes a drum sound. Yeah. Itself. And you, and you, and you, some, and so you're, you're often helping guide that. Yes. At least that mic sound. Yeah. 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 What yeah. yeah. 1000% and everything else is for me actually like, I don't is that's the sound and then everything else is just in order to clear it up you know everything else is the is the dry knob on the dry wet mix <laughs> you know it's like so yeah yeah, yeah. And it's not necessarily that's the only sound but it, it, if it, it's not it doesn't have to be distorted all the time you know right um, right uh but that is like the picture that yeah. i'm trying to get you know uh i want it to feel like you're inside the drum set um and uh and no matter what that is, it's like, as long as the, um, and, and this is very much music dependent, you know? Yeah. Uh, but. And, and uh, so, okay. So, and like, if you're going to go work with somebody that you've never worked with. Yeah. And you, you, let's say you don't know the project. Yeah. Are you going to bring some mics? Yeah. Are you going to, are you going to ask, are you going to ask, uh, about, are you going to feel out the engineer and say like, Hey, check it out. Or are you just gonna maybe maybe gently uh, offer some thoughts? I'm not I'm not gentle, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, but it, I'm not. No, I, I'm not. I'm not gentle uh, because, like, I don't. I mean, like, man, we're all there to we're all there for the same goal, and I, and I'm 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 always collaborative, so I'm not. Um, I'm so not. You just like, go in. You just, I just like, go in. I'm just like, yo, how about we do this thing? Right. Like, and be like, oh. Sure, and I was, and I was like, yeah, I was like, let's try it out. Trust me, and if if it doesn't work out, we'll just we'll just strike it. You turn know, it whatever. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just turn it off. Yeah. Um. 
and I'd say about like 95% of the time, it always stays in. Yeah. And like, uh, and I, I'm, I'm even talking about like just weird shit. Like, I don't know. Um, like I, I have a mic often that I'll just lay, it's like a 57 that's just across the room pointed at the wall, but on the floor, you know, it's like, and that that's like a room sound I use often, even in, even in my little, you know, one room studio, you know? So uh, you're, you're, you're like sculpting your own sound when you walk into a session. More often than not. Yeah. But, but it's definitely collaborative. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm but not, you're not just taking over. Yeah, I'm not just taking over because, like, number one, like, I can't listen to myself play while EQing and stuff like that. And I think that I think that every um, and I'm lucky that I just get to work with, like, really dope engineers Um, uh, because but but also anybody can become a dope engineer. Like, I didn't know how to record uh, like years ago, you know, and none of us did. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, it's like and. The only reason that I started doing it was because, like, I just needed to figure out how to record from home. And it wasn't because, like, uh, people would just ask me, like, hey, do you have a home setup? And I'll be like, no, I don't. But I probably should. Yeah. You know? And it, and, and it was a big loft space in L.A., right? When you were I here. Did, I did have a big loft space. And then, but that, but it was just, like, I didn't have any sound separation or anything. So it was, like, you just got the room, you know? Okay. In it. Yeah. Uh, and before that, I had a little practice space uh, in West L.A., like like next to like Elitch and everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I would have to record at like 6 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> because like, you know, uh, Matt, Matt Garsko would be practicing like next door, <laughs> you know, right. Um, <laughs> You know, or or actually, like right next to me, there was a band of dads that were like playing no diggity, like. Wow, uh, a, a rock version of No Diggity, and yeah. like, you could hear them cheersing their beers and yeah. stuff. Rig, like rigs, rigs of dads. Oh my god, it was so deep. <laughs> I was I was working on a film score, and I was just like, "Yo, guys, like it is one thirty in the morning. Let me work." Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, anyway. yeah. Anyway, That's but uh, yeah, I know. But you know, I, you know, I don't I don't disparage anybody for having fun playing No Diggity. <laughs> I don't think I don't think we're worried about that. We're just talking about yo. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Maybe it's time uh, to knock it off. So <laughs> yeah, so I can get my smooth brush sounds. <laughs> uh, yeah, in this tiny ass room. Anyway, uh, but yeah, so like you know, that's kind of. So is your se- is your setup now in Nashville more involved than it was in L.A. or did Substan- you, or did it sub- substantially more involved? Okay, like, uh, my because I have a lot more shit now. Actually, okay. Uh, anybody that actually knows me knows that uh, for a number of years, I didn't really live anywhere because I was just on tour so much. And I would just buy shit mm-hmm. and I would leave them at studios, leave them at people's places. I have drum sets all around the United States. I have like random pieces of outboard gear all around. And when I moved to Nashville. <laughs> you made a lot of phone calls. <laughs> yes, yes. And or I would just pick stuff up when I was on tour. Right. Like you right. know, and you know, and basically when I was in LA, uh I met my partner and um she kind of made me like solidify my life a little bit because I was very, you know, transient. Mm-hmm. Um so like I stopped moving around so much. I mean, I still go on tour and I still work with people. I, I'm still all over the place, but, yeah. but, uh, but 
I have to have like a solid place to live because I live with her. So, you know, um, not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. I like, I know how to do laundry again, you know, um, instead of just buying new clothes, you know? Um, but that being said, she, um, but when we, when we moved to Nashville, like I was like, okay, well let me get like a room together, like a really, really solid room together. And I got like this, we were renting at first and, uh, I was just in like a, the middle bedroom in my house and I started making some pretty and like I I got really deep into like what I liked mm-hmm. um I already knew Was. like w- like I really love like I love Electrodyne I love 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 Electrodyne they're it, they're just there's just something about the those preamps about those EQs um the very first um the very first like professional recording session I ever did, actually, it's not the first one, but it's the one that comes sticks out in my mind. Um, uh, this producer named Yeston Polson kind of took me under his wing. He did like David Gray's like, um, what is it? Um, oh, the big hit. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, yeah, white, uh, white, white ladder, white. Yes. I know Whatever. the tune, but I can't, I can't remember the title either. Yeah, yeah. He he pro- he produced that record, and yeah. um, he was living in New York. He's you know, and he met me, you know, super green, like twenty something year old kid or like twenty twenty year old. I was twenty. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and then he just like put me on like all of the sessions that he had in New York, and but the very first one we did was at his like partner, him and his partner studio, and there was just a sixties Electrodyne board. Um, and if you know anything about New York, you just show up at a studio and there's a drum set there. You, there's no, you right. don't, you bring your own cymbals and snare and that's it. Right. And I get there and the electric 60s electrodyne board and all of them, all of the drums are mic'd with 57s, which yeah. is like s- such a vibe. Yeah. Which I, I think it's hilarious now thinking about it because like it's, you know, people talk about it. Right. But like, this is what happened with me. And it was me to this day. I think it's still one of the best drum sounds that I've ever heard. Just straight up, you know, into like two band EQ, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, Electrodyne board with a two band EQ and Electrodyne pre's, no compression, just, just that, you know, mm-hmm. on this. And, like, did you, and did you sculpt the, those drums? Like, do you remember? At, did you, did you at the time? At the time, no. I tuned them. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely tuned them. Um, I tune them and, you know, I'm a person who really likes, obviously, you know, a a lot of us do, but I really like dead sounds, you Mm -hmm. know, um, I, I do the open thing, but a song really has to like call for that, for me to be, uh, into it. It's interesting because I was going to, I was actually going to ask you about that because, you know, listening to some stuff that you've recorded and just watching your Instagram page, it like I'm like, man, Aaron likes the dry thing and yeah. you do it really well. Yeah, oh, thanks. But yeah. you know what I mean. But it's it feels like a style for me. Yeah, it, it, yeah. You know I, mean? I mean, I I'd say for you, I, you I I'd say stylistically, yes, it is. I think it is a style because mm-hmm. I'm very much like. Um, but the thing is, like, I primarily work in pop music, you know. Um, there's that, so that's much definitely the sound right now. Yeah. But also there's so much programming. Right. That we've got big. Okay. So this is, this is where my brain goes with this. Sort of mm-hmm. thing. 
often if let's say if I'm working on a record or somebody hires me for a record, um, more often than not, the programming is like programming. We, we either do the programming or whatever. We're usually adding drums in order to give life to it. So I do yeah. do, I do the dry thing, but I use mainly the room sound in order to like give air that's moving around in the room to all the programming. And, and, and then the, the dry sound is actually like, not like, I'll, yes, on Instagram, I'll post like the close mics or whatever, mm-hmm. but more often than not, what you got, I'm not, that's not even in the mix, you know, um, when the song ends up being done, it's just like room air moving and the dry sound is just, um, sort of, so the room mics are not getting, uh, all of the ring of like the sympathetic notes of all, all the drums. It's mm-hmm. more just for the room to be activated by. So you're saying you put, you put the programming through the rooms or or no 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 the drums through the, I play drums mm-hmm. to along with the programming yeah but I mainly use the room mics in order to give air to, behind the programming I see. so yeah. you're saying it's not it's not uh it's it's to, it's almost to make it human you're adding yes. just just enough yeah. so it doesn't sound like you're competing with samples yeah. or a drum machine it's like exactly like or yeah, exactly. Or, yeah. you know, I often just, I also make a, a lot of my own samples. So, um, because, you know, yes, I really do like dead dry sounds. Yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a child that grew up listening to underground hip hop, you know, it's like, it's, you know, yeah. but also I love big rock sounds because like I, I'm, I'm a fucking hardcore kid, you know, like yeah. I, I, you know, I used to, yeah. I mean, but the know, hardcore thing, it's not necessarily big drum sounds. It's more like just trashy and nasty, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it depends on what era you're talking about. But, you know, yeah, you're tr- you're right. But but there is like, you know, I don't know. But then, you, you know, I, I, when I say hardcore, what I really mean is like emo, emo, screamo shit. <laughs> okay. Uh, because, you know, because a lot of that stuff is pretty, I mean, if you listen to like early at the driving records, that's like really weird room sounds you know yeah um and i love that stuff but there needs to be a context for it you know right um and i feel like a lot of times often drummers will just do stuff because they think it's cool but they don't do it in the context of this song like i was having a conversation with some friends a while ago and i was like yeah like even now like this is really dumb it's not like, and I think this is a preference thing, but I, because I'm working on, you know, like whatever records, like really constantly at my space, I kind of have like, I kind of have a kit up and I use the mics in order to change the sound. Like I use like the combination of mics, I, I, but I do change a snare drum and I do change cymbals because right. I feel like that's the most important. Uh-huh. But otherwise, my, my I use like, the combination of different mics in order to shape a sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, oh man, if I really want a tight, like super focused dry thing, I'll be like, okay, well, I'll use my my mono mic that's over my head. Mm-hmm. I'll use my kick out and mm-hmm. then I'll use like uh, the snare top and snare bottom. I don't know why people don't like to use snare bottom sometimes because that <laughs> makes 
I think it makes the drum so much fatter. Mm-hmm. But um, but often I'll use that, and then I'll use like you know my crotch mic, and I'll also use like a weird. Um, I have like a, a PP1 uh, telephone mic mm-hmm. from Trash Talk. Mm-hmm. I'll use that kind of like far away, EQ'd a little bit, in order to like get just enough color mm-hmm. that because um, it's pretty staccato like if you're yeah. trying to get like a tight sound but yeah. then if i want a big roomy sound uh or if i want just like a little bit more life i'll just like roll my towels up a little bit yeah. and then i'll just use the stereo overheads up top and then um bring up the distortion on the on the trash talk and EQ the, uh, not the trash talk, uh, on the uh, on the crotch mic, and yeah. then EQ the trash uh, mic a little brighter, mm-hmm. and uh, my rooms through, um, obviously, transient designer, because I don't have a huge room. Yeah. Or actually, I open up my door, because like yep. in, in, in my house, like I have like uh, vaulted ceilings. Um, okay. But but that's only in my living room. So... And okay. my my studio is on off to the side of the living room, so I just open up my door and just put a AA stereo ribbon in there. So do you feel uh, like you're? Are, do you have a a regular kind of a fairly standard setup, or are you kind of re sculpting the mic placements every time? Never. I, I, I yeah, I'm I'm never um, replacing. Uh, the only time I replace is when I want to clean my room or if I'm like right. Uh, but I, I basically so, you, my, so your mics stay more or less my, my mics stay yeah okay yeah, my mic stay, but you're yeah. just so you're really going about it with EQ yeah with EQ and um and like you know uh, towels on towels off yeah you know yeah um and uh, and snare drums yeah of course snare drums are so important yeah. I, I I think that I you know for as much as like. I'm slowly becoming like this person where I'm just like, yeah, I play the same shit all the time mm-hmm. uh, because I, I wasn't for a while, you know, but I, I, th- I, I said this to, I, ha- I, I did a podcast with Mike Dawson a while ago mm-hmm. and I was telling him, is like, when I, when I moved to LA because you needed to bring kits to sessions, mm-hmm. Like people would always tell me, like, oh, well, you gotta have like multiple kits, but, you know, in order to like do a bunch of different sounds or whatever. Right. And yeah, I mean that's true, um, I guess. But I think you can do that with. I mean, I you know, growing up in New York and playing around in New York, you had to do that when you played gigs with one drum set. You yeah. know. Yeah. Um, and it didn't need and and, a set, and there's no way it was gonna be a big drum set because right. you're not you're not lugging yeah. that around. Now so, hold up your 24 inch kick to a club. Exactly. So, you know, like I, you know, I learned some, some of this from Pelton years ago, like he was playing at Rockwood uh, and he was, he brought like just a couple things in order to like change the sound depending on the song. Like he would be, uh, he had, you know, at the time there was no big fat snare drum. So he had like cut out snare drum head size, but he had it for every drum. Right. So like he'd be like, oh, this song needs really deep gushy toms, yeah. you yeah. know? Yeah. So he was like, all right. So I put them out and he used them on the toms, and it was like, oh, these toms sound insane. Yeah. And the next song it was high and tight, right. and I was like, man, you know. And he did it all with one drum set. The only thing that changed, uh, the only thing that didn't change, um, changed. I mean, that would need to change maybe in a certain situation is the kick drum, but at MySpace, like. 
there's there's two kits that are up. There's one kit right now that's like a tight noble and coolie, you know, thing at the moment. The uh, the Union series. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Noble and Cooley. Uh, <laughs> and then the and that that's kind of like the standard kit that's up right now. Okay. Um, and you know, and it's like innocuous size. It's that like everybody has like right. 12, 16, 22. Right. I know I hate 22s, but this kit sounds good. Okay. Uh, don't, <laughs> the, only reason, the only reason I say I hate 22 is because I feel like it's non-committal. I'm like, I like, I like <laughs> if, if, if you do a 20, do a 24. Like, you know, that's kind of normally how, I mean, if you see me on tour, I'm usually playing a 20 or a 24. Okay. Yeah, cool. I know. I know. I, hot I love it, dude. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> hot I'm offended, but that's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, I mean, for me, I, that's just kind of just always how it's been. But anyway, it's either that or it's like this um, um, uh, Ludwig Oak uh, little bob kit, like uh, 18, 12, 14. Cool. Um, and I use that when I'm trying to get either like crazy 8080 sounds yeah. or I'm playing a jazz thing. Yeah, the 18s. Like, I've I love 18s, man. Man, I they're the best. More and more, and I have two: yeah. one with a hole and one without. Yeah, and I almost feel, except sometimes you there's like a little extra yes. low end that you can't get. But yeah, man, I could almost do probably 75 yeah. percent of my sessions with those. I agree. 1000%. Also, you know, like I said, I do a lot of processing, not always, but, um, but man, if you're trying to get some guttural, like hip hop shit, yeah. Throw a little bit of transient designer on that kick drum. Yeah. On an 18 with a little bit of like a felt strip muffling. Like I have, I have bandanas on all my drums. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just yeah. on on all my uh, bass drums, just like as a felt strip, you know, just um, on and that kick drum sounds insane, like it's nuts, you know. Uh, but yeah, man, like I I really uh, and also you know like uh, I I love eighteens just because of the way they feel. It makes me play differently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that being said, you know, like but more often than not, you'll see me with a twenty out on the road or. Or, uh, yeah, I have, like, the weirdest sizes. It's dumb. <laughs> it's like, tw- I think it's, like, 20. My, my touring kit is a, is a Q. Uh-huh, yeah. It's a Q maple that I had them, that I had Jeremy uh, uh, kind of make as, like, kind of like a Rogers-y kind of, like a Rogers-y kind of vibe. Uh-huh. Um, Pre-CBS yep. for all the nerds. <laughs> uh, uh, but, um that kind of vibe because you know you can use it on kind of like whatever kind of music but it's a 20 a shallow i love shallow kick drums uh 12 by 20 kick or a, a 10 by uh 10 by 24 yeah uh and then my toms are uh 13 15 18 okay oh 15 huh interesting yeah yeah because I, I like I like fourteens, but I always feel like if I'm trying, I always feel like there's not enough. Even if I'm even if I tune it, uh, even if I tune it low, I feel like there's not enough low end. Where's the beef? 
Yeah, yeah exactly. So just that one extra inch gives yeah. me a little bit of a, you know, great Wendy's reference, by the way. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I actually toured with a 13, 15, 18, too, for, yes. for years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, an AI. What, did, yeah. did you have, oh, did you have a, did, what were your thoughts on that? It was, it, I don't know if I ever got used to it. I will say I had an incredible tech at the time, this guy, Peter yeah, Moffat. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. He always made those drums sound like amazing. I never felt comfortable with it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is it, um, do you think it's, because uh, I, I, this is a question I have about most things in life. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's indoctrination? Yes. Okay. Sure. I, I think, well, here's the thing. I think if I could go back to it now, I don't own that kid anymore. If I could yeah. go back to it now, it might make more sense to me. Okay. Yeah. But I think it was, I don't think my knowledge of tuning uh, was as good as it is now or just, or just sonic manipulation of a drum. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? So to yeah. me, it just felt awkward. It's not like I was thinking about it all the time, but it was just yeah. like, ah, this, it's not a 14 and it's not a 16. And yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, fortunately I, that, you know, I was not in the position where I was, you know, yeah, you were doing the tuning and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. I was tweaking a little, but you know, yeah. my guy, Peter was like, just made him sound amazing. And that, that's all that mattered, you know. So yeah, man. it'd be interesting to go back now. I kind of actually wish I never sold that kit, especially the snare. But it is, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. It is, yeah, I mean, you yeah. know, there's, there's, man. I uh, this is a this is a sad story I'm about to tell you because <laughs> oh, <laughs> so like I said, for many moons I didn't really live anywhere and I just had a bunch of stuff. There's one kit. Yeah, it was a LA Camco kit oh. that I put into main drag i bought it for 400 dollars off of craigslist yeah you did <laughs> yeah it was a 24 14 18 oh wow yeah uh sounded incredible yeah um and i basically put it into consignment at main drag for way way too much money mm-hmm uh, because I was like, oh, well, I just need to store it somewhere. And, and I didn't have a place to store it at all because yeah. I lived in New York right. and you know, there's just not any space anywhere. So I was like, okay, way too much money. I made drag. I came back from tour and somebody had bought it the day before. So oh. I had, I made a bunch of money right? and I actually, and coming back from tour and making that much money on top of the tour money, I was like, okay, I'm okay with this but right. i'm also but i'm like re, i'm like not like i think back on it i was like oh that's like maybe one of the ones that i like feel bad about but yeah. at, at this point i'm kind of i'm in, i'm kind of in the zone where i'm trying to sell a lot of stuff yeah because because i'm just not using it you know? I, I, i'm i'm in a similar place and it's not yeah. easy that, to sell things right now so yeah yeah i mean you know like i'm not also like a lot of the stuff that i have people don't care about it because they're not trendy but you know, but then people ask me like, "What was that?" And I was like, "Oh, it's this." And they're like, "Really?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's the best thing ever." Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like people still like one of one of the kits that's on like most records that I work on is like pearl wood fiberglass kit. Yeah, I know. I bought it. I bought it for four hundred dollars. I saw one, under one the other day for five hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best sounding things out yeah. there. Those re- those kits sound amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, and I'm talking about. Old ones, yeah, not 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 the ones that came out like last the OG seventies. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, how, how much are you recording at home in Nashville as opposed to in the studios? Yeah, um, a lot. Yeah, like 
like uh if i'm at home i'm recording okay yeah are you producing out of your house too yeah or are you trying uh-huh. to or would you rather be in a in a, a quote-unquote you know real studio if you're producing or does it matter to you i'd rather be at home Okay. Because uh, I, I go to I, the only reason I would go to a studio is if uh, I'm tracking a full band live. Yeah. Um, and you know, or if somebody wants like that Neve 47 vocal thing. Yeah. Um, because basically, I built out my space to be like creation space. It's not. It's like you. There's a bunch of stuff in here that nobody cares about, or uh, that are like is really unique. You can get like really special sounds. It's yeah. not it's not a space to get like the, the like the st- same thing that everybody's going after. Yeah. Because like you can, every studio has you know uh, a rack of knees or, and what you got you know. It's APIs. almost like a weird trap, right? Yeah, a weird trap for like creating something unique because the mic setup goes up before you yeah. get there. Exactly. You bring your drums in, you know, and then then unless there's like a concerted effort of like, we're not going to do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then people basically tell you what, what something's like going to sound like before you get there. Yeah. It's funny because I did something recently and we, there was a whole discussion of like, let's go minimal mics, you know, Mm -hmm. and showed up and there was literally 17 mics on the kit. That's amazing. And it was kind of like, it wasn't my decision. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, yeah. well, that's where we're going cool. But yeah. I always thought, like, the the particular record was about vibes. Yeah, yeah. And, like, to me, it was like, no, no, no. We got to make minimal artistic choices to create, you know, let's do it now. Let's not do yeah. it later. Let's, let's yeah. get in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, well, people are so afraid of committing. Yeah. Like that's like man, even even in Pro Tools or Ableton or whatever, when I'm working on stuff, I work, I commit. I like I'll like come up with something, I'll commit it right away to audio, and then I will do even more stuff to it. Commit that, and then like I'm like, all right, cool, we're hit, we're good, right? You know. And then people and are like, what's what's that sound? I'm like, yeah, like can we like change this? I'm like, well, we can do something else, you know. And like or like you know, I've saved some of this stuff in the back, but I'm like, sure. But I'm I'm not um I'm not about like um I'm not about that sort of like oh yeah like well we could change it later and because I, because a, I think something a, there's something people, really go ahead sorry I, no no I, I think there's something special about committing to something because that means you believe in it like this just goes back to the thing it's like man like some of the most special things that's ever happened in my life or or uh or musically have been complete and utter mistakes. You know, that have just like ended up being like, oh, my God, yes, this is great. You know? And that is the common theme that is missing in music creation these days. Yeah. Like yeah. allowing the mistake, first of all, to even happen. Yeah. And second of all, not just being like, OK, uh, you blew it like next. Like, let's get another take. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I mean, yeah. All that, you know, maybe that. Maybe maybe it should be left in because it's a mistake, or maybe that mistake was made because it should be something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, well, the thing is, like, I, I, I also like there's this thing about right and wrong. I, like, oh, this is a oh that that's the wrong way to do this, or that's the right way to do this. I was like, man, like the thing that we do in for a living, or the like, or even for those of you who don't do it for a living, that you do when you make music is completely subjective yeah 
So there is no right and wrong. What we do is completely subjective. So when somebody tells you that you're doing the wrong thing, like in, in, for a song or whatever, that's literally their opinion. I think that uh, you have to take it into consideration, especially if you're being a supportive character as a music, as a drummer or any musician, you have to, because, you know, then you're just being a dick, but other, but, but more often, but like, if you're creating music, you have to just do it based on what you believe in, unless, you know, unless like, you know, you're getting hired to do a very specific task, right? But that, that's a whole, that, that's a separate thing. But what we do is subjective. Everything we do is subjective. So you have to understand that because people will, like, I, I've had people like, oh, that's the wrong way to do that thing. Or that's the wrong way to use that compressor. That's the wrong way to this. I'm like, but it's getting me the sound that I want. Yeah. That's why, I, like, you know, yeah. you know, then it ends up, you know, like there's, it, it, unless I'm going to break it. Yeah. What you got, you know, then it's fine. There's a, yeah. there's a really fine line in, in what you're saying because so especially with um, the home studio recording thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is because, you know, what you're saying is like you'll commit on top of. Oh, yeah. On top of. Commit, yeah. but, but if you're sending out to people, yeah, that's a whole bit. Which is really tricky. So it's like, you know, finding the balance of maybe, you know, the people that you work with and you're cool. They know yeah, that yeah, you're yeah. going to send you're going to send the Aaron thing and they're going to be cool with yeah, it. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. More often. You know what I mean? Not, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But there's but I, I, that I, thing I, of like, yeah. Hey if, man, if, can you use the black beauty and like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, um, and nobody asked me that in, in my life, even, yeah. even, but you know even, what I mean? Yeah. 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 Like, um, most people are just like, at least for me, they're like, can you play drums on this thing? Right. And I'm like, sure. Like, are you looking for anything specific? And they're just like, they're, they send me like a, like a, kind of like whatever reference. Yeah. I'll do the thing. Uh, and then like, I'll, I'm not like processing so much that it's, that it's unmixable. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, of course. But, but there is, there's always the, like one channel. It's always like one channel, two channels. This, this is especially if I'm not involved in the production of it. Right. I think that's the real trick. That's the real trick. Yeah. So I, I like um, my like I said, my life is shifting more and more to the world that I'm involved in the production of uh, most of the things that I do. Mm-hmm. But I uh, but I've been a session drummer for years, you yeah. know, and yeah. and that being said, like you know, that stuff is you know like I still want stuff to sound dope. I'm not like you can always EQ something. Uh, but I don't, I don't really do that much EQ when I'm doing like, uh, when I'm doing like a session thing, I'm just like, okay, well, well, this is just, this is just a drum flat and these are these mics flat, but, um, uh, just through these preamps and they sound great. The Electrodynes sound great. And I, (laughs) I'm just going to say that again. Uh, um, Electrodynes sound great. Another company that's incredible. Iron Age Audio, their QP5 preamp. So good, okay. so good, and it's very cheap. It's like four hundred and twenty bucks cool. for for a five hundred series, and I I use those in my overheads, and I love them. Wow, and my toms. I, so. Okay, so when you're producing, have you hired another drummer? 
Have you um, I, I, I haven't yet, but that, that's, that's, that's something that I really want to do. It's just like the budgets haven't really allowed for it at the moment. Um, actually some, some have, but, um, but the, but I'm, but I've been, I've been the person in the room who I'm not the only producer in those situations. I'm usually like one, one of the co-producers and they usually just want me to play drums or do weird drum stuff. Yeah. So, um, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but I like, I, I like, there's a project that I'm working on right now that I really want to get, um, my friend Terrence Clark to play drums mm-hmm. because he has like that Memphis, like swagger that is like insane it's so yeah. good i mean he's he's one of my favorite drummers okay um but also like there's a bunch of like uh you know like i'm, I'm working on a few like kind of indie rock records yep i i can do it um but like i kind of want to hire somebody who feels time very, way different than i do because mm-hmm. um because I, I, I feel time in like really tiny, uh, Subdiv- increments. Yep. Yeah. Subdivision. Yeah. And, uh, and, so, and somebody who has like a way wider beat than me, mm-hmm. like will sound way better mm-hmm. on this stuff. And, you know, like, I, like I said, that's a sub- subjective, but you know, um, but yeah, but that's a musical maturity to, to recognize that and also be able to look at yourself and go like, yeah, I can do it, but. Yeah. The way I really want it to feel, it might be better if, you know, so and so does it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, also, like, I've, my musical history is like weird. Like, you know, coming up in screamo bands, growing up in Spanish Pentecostal church, you know, <laughs> like, you know, uh, um, touring with like, you know, Portugal, touring with like, you know, whatever. Like yeah. doing all that stuff, like it's varied. So like, even though, yeah, I sound like me, like it works in a lot of contexts, but it's still like not the same as like when there's like, for example, in Portugal, the man, when I was playing in that band, it sounded really good, but that band sounds the best with Jason, who's the original drummer. That band, like that's, that's the band I fell in love with. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, so like the fact that he's in the band again and like slaying it, his feel is so good. I, I anyway, like that, that it's funny. Cause I can think of like two or three bands immediately where, you know, either somebody left the band or the, the you know, somebody couldn't do a tour and someone else came in, somebody who was reputable and great. Yeah. But it, they lost. They lost the thing. Yeah, it's like whether it's just how they hit the drum, yeah. or somebody's you know obviously playing the parts that someone else created, and it's yeah. never going to be you know internal that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And and you know like yeah, I I mean honestly, I could I could care less if somebody's a professional drummer. Yeah, it's a sound. But it's vibe. a sound. It's a sound and a vibe. Yeah, especially and, a, a band that that has toured for years and built a thing. Exactly. I mean, like, you know, I mean, there, there's several bands that I know that the musicians in that band cannot play with other people. But if they, right. when they're together, whoo, that's a special thing. And they don't even realize it, you know? And, and not only that, it, it's interesting about when you think about like a, a, a hired studio drummer. Yeah. I mean, and oh, the guy doesn't quite play in the 
blah, 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 or it's not, you yeah, know, yeah. up to the producers, whatever, pop music, yeah. you know, grid standards, and we're going to replace yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it can also be interesting because people get to know that sound on the record. Yeah. And then they go see the exactly. live band, and it's like not the same thing, and you're like, ah, oh, it's not what yeah. I know from the record, but even exactly. though that might be more of the band vibe, you know? Exactly, yeah. I mean, I think that... um. I think we, uh, as a society, have done a disservice to, because um, I mean, man, I love the grid. I love it, but I feel like um, we have done a disservice to uh, to uh, listeners at large mm-hmm. um, by gridding everything, because music is not that, right. you know, like in general, you know? Yep. I mean, some music is, I, I mean, I, you know, like I, I love electronic music. I love like right down the middle pop music, but if you listen to like disco, like that, that's, that's moving, you know? Yeah. It's like even, 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 even like that two and four stuff that feels, man, somebody, somebody told me like, the, like there was a drummer I saw, I'm not going to mention his name because I don't, this may sound like a diss, but it's not at all. Like he was not playing in any sort of metronomic time, but it was the earth. It, it, it was not in time, but it was fucking in time. <laughs> you know, it was like yeah. so good. Um, so and- it was really eye opening for me. One of my first tours, I was, um, I got to open for Ben Folds Five, mm-hmm. and uh, watching that band and Darren—I don't remember his last name right now—but that mm-hmm. band would move like this, yeah, together. And it was like, oh, it was like, oh, every night it was like, oh, who comes the bridge of that tune? Yeah, yeah. And man, that was to me that was so, so eye-opening because he was such a badass man. Yeah, and like, you know. Like he was playing like the, these vintage Ludwigs, which yeah, like ninety yeah. nine was like not cool. That's, that's cool. not cool. Yeah, he, he, exactly. Yeah. And he had like old cymbals, and but goddamn, that band was so badass, and they would move like that. And I was yeah. like, for me, I was like, oh man, okay, it's you know, that's really interesting. That's an interesting perspective. Yeah. This band moves together, and that's cool. Like you start to get into yeah, like, oh, the, here, yeah, the bridge slowed down because it should. Yeah, I mean, well, I I think that's like the really special thing. It's like um, I feel like people are missing that now because everybody thinks that every well because editing is really hard, <laughs> and and, yeah. and uh, that that's really why things have gotten to the grid, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like you know, if you're if you're a band and you're if you if you have a band and you have say, I feel like try and see what you can do without that see where you guys land in that situation yeah. and see if it feels good. If it, and, and if you can, and if you can like layer on top of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, in order to, you know, if, if there's no consequence, then it doesn't matter, you know, like just try stuff out, you know, especially now everybody has like some sort of a recording situation. So as a producer, are you cool to let things go like time wise a little? Uh, yeah. It depends on the situation. Sure. Um, but um i mean like i like for example like i uh, i'm working on this record right now where not not the one i'm working on at the moment but um we're going on this record where 
a lot of what's happening in the music is definitely not in time. It's like we're using like weird tape loops. Okay. And, uh, uh, and that is setting up the vibe. But the one thing that is in time is like me, mm-hmm. you know, playing the drums mm-hmm. um, and then and the vocals and then and well, basically drums, bass and vocals. That's what's in time. And everything else is just floating and kind of. But do you feel like your time in your time feel is influenced by these things or are you try? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it is. You're, yeah. Uh, because you, like there are certain things that happen, especially with tape loops, like like uh, something will pop out. You'll be yeah. like, uh, "Well, I want to accent that thing," right. or you know, uh, or th- the that sets the time. That that is what sets the time, sure. you know. Yeah. But you know, like um, also like you know, but I, but but I'm a person who also works with a lot of improvised music and yeah, you know, jazz records. And blah, but that's blah, blah, a perspective blah. that you have because you do that. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. like. Yeah. Jazz time feel is very different than pop time feel. Yeah, 1000%. That's, and you know, that's going to like that's yeah. part of you. Yeah, yeah. And yes. I, and I and I love uh like I said, I really love pop music. Um it just yeah. if it, if a song is well written I I love I love songs. Like lyrics are the first things that I ever I listen to when I listen to a song. Mm-hmm. Like then I listen to like the drums. But it's usually the lyrics and the melody that I'm like, oh, that's dope. Oh, man, there's some dope stuff happening in the drums after that. You know, but it's like I'm very it's always been that way since I was a kid. Mm. Um, yeah. Anyway, because like especially if like a lyric says something, I'm just like, that is the weirdest stuff. It'll take me out of a song right away. <laughs> but, oh, if it's if it's if you think it's not. not if like, it's not like good. Bad, yeah. 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 If I think it's bad. Yeah. I'm just like, ah, no. I mean, it's like, I don't even care what the drums are doing, man. That means, that, that means it's very hard to find good music for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think that there's a lot of good music out there, but what no, you guys I do think? too, but you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, I know, I know. Things can be. Oh yeah. That's yeah. Really funny. Yeah. Uh, but luckily I'm around a lot of insane lyricists. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, have you listened to that new Maddie Diaz record? Yeah, man. I, I literally, uh, I was playing, uh, I played a record release with her. Mm-hmm. I was literally crying on stage the entire time. <laughs> I mean, I remember I, I remember seeing her at the bootleg. Was that two years ago, three years ago? I don't know, mm-hmm. for the first time. Yeah, and be like, oh, yeah, no, she's she's wow. nuts. Yeah. yeah, one of my one of my closest friends, um, literally one of the best songwriters ever. I think I think she's does like she's getting some due now. I think it's not gonna doesn't compare to like what what she should get, but. Mm-hmm. That being said, like, I, like literally, I was crying on stage because, you, you know, I've been friends with her for a long time, so like I, I've seen the whole thing mm-hmm. and heard the songs while she was writing them and blah blah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but that being said, uh, like her time feel is nuts. <laughs> you know, like it's <laughs> she has uh-huh. she has like a weird thing, but it but it really works. Yeah. You know. It yeah. really works. Anyway, I yeah. <laughs> um, but more on more on a rec- uh, on some recording stuff. I mean, uh, anyway, uh, any other questions? I don't know. No, I mean, I, I man, I think you know, with the, any of these things, we could talk for like hours. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, is but, there anything? Is there anything specific that you're like? No, man. I, I I love this perspective that you've given. Like, because you're producing more, you're sitting in Electric Lady. You know, and a lot of like what I'm talking about 
is like like home stuff, but like I love yeah. that like you're kind of I feel like you're kind of sitting fifty fifty right now, and and the producing perspective is really interesting. Um, I don't, I feel like you're in, uh, encompassing everything between like, engineering, drumming, thinking about songs, working in different spaces. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm man, but I do think I think it's really important for. Um, this is really dumb because I, I um, and we probably talk about, you've probably had people mention this all the time as drummers. If we're recording at home, really very, the first thing you should do after getting an interface is just treat your room. <laughs> first thing, first thing, first thing, first thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not as expensive as most people think. Mm-hmm. Just build the stuff. I like, I have panels in my studio right now that I built out of some bookshelves, you know? Right. It's, 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 it's not hard. Um, and it's the, the first thing because like, that's where your sound is going to come from. Your sound is not your drums. Your sound is the room. That's really, I, at least that's what I think. Cool. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because like, you know, because it, it gets into the close mics. Even, even if you're, yeah. 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 And I feel like people just don't, people don't notice that. They're you know, like, oh yeah, like, well, you know, well, I just use the close mics and then I'll like add some reverb in order for room sound or whatever. And I'm just like, no, no, no. Like this is, uh, it's very different. Mm-hmm. It's like the close mics have a tone to them because of your room, you know? Right. So, and I, and I feel like that's something that's really missing uh, from a lot of people's home recordings. I mean, like a like, uh, producer I work with a lot he showed me some home recordings that another a drummer sent him, and they just sounded flat and lifeless. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't necessarily be, it, it. It wasn't because like oh like uh, he's just going straight into an interface or whatever. Uh, it was just his placements of things. It just it, mm-hmm. it just didn't make any sense. It was, and then he was like, oh well, I don't think I you know like you he would have to the producer would have to do so much work in order just to get it to base level. Create a know? vibe. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I and I feel like you know, and, and you know, like it, with with what we do, it's like I said, everything is subjective. But it's like you you can't be afraid. I, I think especially if you're sending stuff out, you can't be afraid of doing something too dope. I feel like just <laughs> you know, like I you know, like I feel like you have to you you, you have to like okay, yes, there's a. Like, yes, you want to send people stuff yeah, yeah. so they can work on it. Uh, well, if you're going to do that, well, just have like two, like just send them two sets of stems, you know, yeah. for the tune. But like, yeah. come Never on. Never has anyone had their mind blown and send it back and say, no, thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, you know? <laughs> it's, you know, I feel like uh, uh, the music industry has made a lot of musicians very timid, mm. you mm. know? And I feel like at this point, the, the special things are all of the mistakes. The special things are the, when you, when there's a confluence of a bunch of different things that you're trying to do, you know, like, it's just, um, that's, that's like, everybody's done everything at this point. So why not just try, try stuff, you know, like, I'm not, I'm not reinventing the wheel. Like, I'm not, like, even, even when I was doing Haley's record, like, uh, like that was like a really unique thing that happened but I think that the only reason that it happened that way is because of the people that were in the room. It was because, you know, um, they allowed yes, it to happen. They allowed it to happen. 
they allowed it to happen and they were trusting. They're like, oh, yeah, like, well, this is a thing. Okay, this feels good. Mm-hmm. Great. It's not, and, and it was still like a, it's like a, a edgy pop record. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. You know, I, I guess it was like considered alternative, but what are genres? Genres are just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> anyway. It's a good record. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, yeah. but yeah. at least that's, that's, that's one, those are a couple points that I want to like at yeah. least give your audience because I feel like, you know, you know, also another thing I will say to drummers out there, figure out what you like. Like, don't base your stuff based on what you think people want of you. Mm-hmm. Figure out what you like because when you do what you believe in or what you like, the things that you want to do will come to you. Like, I just, I like, I cannot stress that enough. There's, I mean, I know so many musicians that play a very specific way because they believe it will get them work, mm. Mm. but they hate it or like, right. Or, and nobody's ever, and, and people call them, they get, they work, yeah. but they work because they're just another person in the room, not because they are them. So they're kind of disposable. Te- technically way. good, but yes. not, not necessarily bringing. Yeah. They're not elevating. They're yeah. Yeah. Another, and, yeah. And, right. and, and I feel like, you know, like we have a lot of, you know, I, 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 I really, I, I want to stress that to people, you know, it's just like really find out. I mean, people told me I sucked forever until like they nah, stopped they didn't. come on no no i'm dead serious like i dropped out of school because like somebody oh, yeah told- you know what we talked about this i remember yeah. that yeah yeah, yeah. like my, yeah one of my teachers uh i mean not my teacher uh one of the people at the school told me i asked for a scholarship they told me we don't give scholarships to people who we don't think are going to be successful and i dropped out of school immediately that's some insane shit dude you know I, yeah it is but you know that being said you know like and then even after that people you know like there was a number of years where i was like really trying to do the thing that like i would see somebody do a thing and i'm like well i think that's a vibe i I like maybe i should do that blah blah and then i would kind of emulate and then at a certain point i was like i don't really like doing that then what you got you know podcast uh guest uh that you had recently jason mcgurr uh-huh like uh there but then i listened to like transatlanticism you know and there was a good two years where I played just quarter notes on everything. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, yes. Yeah. Da, da, right. Da, and oh yeah. Those ride symbols. Right. Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, totally. yeah, and, and everybody, and everybody was just like, yo, I don't know how you're doing this, but literally every gig, I was just like, on like every song, you know? And then people were just like, what? That's dope. And that was like the moment in time where like people were like hiring me the most. <laughs> Is that, like, is that still a thing for you? Do you go? To I, lo- I love the quarter note. Yeah. 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 I mean, like I, I do it. Um, I mean, I do it more on like, especially on layers, sure. uh, you know, uh, but, but yeah, it's definitely a thing. Yeah. Thank you, Jason. I mean, I've talked to him about it. I've talked to him about it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, anyway, but yeah, that, that's, that, that's my two cents. Well, dude, Thanks. Yeah, no, no problem, dude. Good to uh, see you, man. <laughs> uh, I'll also be uh, in uh, LA in October, so like, let's hang. I will, I will be here. Let's get yeah. coffee, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, man. I know, I know you're. Uh, 
you're such a I was thinking about this before. You're such a great hanger, and I mean that in the most sincere way, not as like a networker. You're such a great hanger because like <laughs> a couple times we hung, you're like when you were living here, it's like, hey dude, what's up? Hey, hey man, what are you up to? Oh, nothing. Hey man, I'm gonna jump in an Uber and come over. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I talked to Musty, uh, Matt Musty, like uh, I don't know, recently, and you're yeah. like, oh yeah, Aaron Steele just landed in 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 town. He's he's gonna take an Uber over from LAX, and we're gonna hang out. <laughs> you're just, yeah. you know, I, yeah, I just I love mean, that about you, man, because like that is not my nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just love that about you. And I'm like, I I gotta Aww, fucking man. take a cue from that. You know, I mean, well, I mean, I think if you want to see somebody, you got to make some effort, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, because I, I mean, everybody's in their bubble, you know, and yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I have my own bubble, but like this is this is something I learned. It's and it's kind of a, I don't know, a long time ago, but it became very clear to me again and and uh like a few years ago and then it even more clear during covid like you don't know when you're not going to see people yeah so you have to make sure that they know that you care about them it doesn't like it does it, like it doesn't matter if they're just a friend it doesn't matter whatever it's yeah. like the people that i involve in music uh life whatever um if they were an inspiration to me, which you you have been, so thank you for that. Thank you. Um, you have to let Likewise. people. You have to. Oh, that's, that's mutual. Yeah. But that you have to let people know because you never know when you're not going to be able to, and that's like such. It's such a big deal to me. It's like you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And yes, especially after the last few years that we've all had, you know. Yep. Um. Yep. Anyway. But that that's uh, you know my sentimental <laughs> ending. <laughs> Hit the cap. There it is, man. Yeah, yeah. All right, dude. Uh, have a great day. Yeah, you too, man. Right there, man. I'm, yeah. I, I love that you're sitting in an electric lady and about to get crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very, very softly crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey. <laughs> um, anyway, but yeah, man. Uh, I'll um, yeah, I'll give you a shot when I'm back in town. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. I, all right, dude. Have a good day. Bye. See you. Yeah, you too.